Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, and that friend brings a game. This week, my friend is Justin Robert Young, and the game he brought with him is Hearthstone. This episode of 143 is going to be a little bit different than normal. Uh, Most of the time, we spend a lot of time talking about the game itself and its influence on the person who, who brought it with us. But Justin and I, start, we started that way, but we ended up discussing Brad Pitt and geopolitical culture wars, and this is all because around the time of recording this, Blizzard had a Hearthstone tournament. There was a the winner of the Hearthstone tournament named Blitzchung. Uh, he uh, gave a message in support of Hong Kong, and in response, Blizzard punished him, and uh, he took. They took away his his winnings. They took away uh, the jobs of the people who were shoutcasting the match, and uh, basically, this caused kind of a storm for everything that is related to uh, Blizzard. Uh, people were very, very unhappy about this, and and Justin and I have uh, quite a long discussion about how they can fix it, what they can do to make things right. And uh, when we recorded this, Justin and I had not yet heard the apology that Blizzard had given at BlizzCon. We recorded this the day of BlizzCon, uh, I think opening day of BlizzCon, and apparently there was an there was an apology before. I'm sure that by the time you hear this, you all know about the apology and a lot of people have moved on. A lot of people haven't. Some people are saying that the apology was hollow. And I think that, to be honest, only time will tell if it was an, a, a hollow apology or not. But but Justin and I spent a lot of time talking about that. And it was a really fun conversation, as of course it is, because just, Justin is just a, a, a professional and a great podcaster. Speaking of Justin... Who is he? He's a podcaster. He's a journalist. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He is the host of the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, as well as Night Attack. And he hunted me and my team, the Badgers, like a shark on America's Next Top Podcaster. I'm happy to say it took about a couple of months to catch me. He also has a number one Billboard album for comedy, and he even dressed as Charmander and interviewed people at the Republican National Convention for um, uh, BitTorrent News. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Justin R. Young, and you can find his site at JustinRobertYoung.tv. He also makes board games. He is a very well-rounded individual. Now that you know more about my, uh, my, my guest today, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the game, but first, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to tell you all about Hearthstone. Hey everybody, Bill here. I want to take a minute and talk about my process for making 143 pixels. It is a seasonal show, which means basically what I do is I I do all of the interviews and then I do a bunch of research and then I do a bunch of uh, recording and then I do a bunch of editing. And this takes a whole bunch of time. So what usually happens is I will get 10 episodes completely finished and then I will start releasing them. Some people may not want to wait for me to finish a full season before I start releasing it. And I've got good news for you. I recently, and honestly, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I recently 
made an early access tier on the Patreon, which you can find over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you join at the early access tier, then as soon as I finish an episode of 143 pixels, I post it and you get to listen to it like right away. You get your own RSS feed that is just for you. And I upload the podcasts as soon as I finish them rather than waiting until I get an entire season done. In addition, if you didn't know, uh, that also gets you access to all of my shows 100% ad-free. So again, that URL is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And without further ado, let's get to the next episode of 143 Pixels. Thanks for listening. And it all comes down to this Stormwind Champion versus Ogre Brute. I'm feeling really good about Stormwind here. Whoa. Whoa. Am I seeing this right? Could be a scare tactic, Bob. Could be nerves. I don't think scare tactics work with ogres. Uh, you know from experience. Okay, well, let's not get into my personal life. Hold that thought. Looks like we have a substitution. It's Tinkmaster Overspark. This guy's a very technical player. His game's about nuance, precision. Whoa, that's Hearthstone. Play free on your phone or PC. Hearthstone is a digital collectible card game. It is made by Blizzard Entertainment. They both developed and published it. The game was directed by Ben Brode, Jason Chase, and Eric Dodds. It was released on March 11th, 2014. Uh, It is set in the Warcraft universe. Basically, the way that the game works is you choose a class. Each class has a certain set of cards that give it powers that they can use. And then there's a separate pool of cards that can be used by everyone. You and some other player take turns expending mana in order to play cards. Weak cards cost low amounts of mana, while powerful cards cost more mana. Each turn, the amount of mana that you have available to you increases. It's an incredibly simple game, and that is what makes it so good, in my opinion. You use the cards to attack either other cards on the board or the enemy themselves, which is the goal is to take out the enemy hero before they take you out. Uh, It was received very, very well. Eurogamer gave the game a perfect score, and they said that Hearthstone is overflowing with character and imagination that feeds off and fuels a vibrant community of players and performers. And it only stands to improve as Blizzard introduces new features, an iPad version, and expansions. There are more than 100 million registered Hearthstone players. It is one of the top played games on Twitch. It is a huge game in the industry, and it has it it is one of it is the number one card game when it comes to video games. Blizzard really, really likes to lean into its memes, and that is one of the things that I love most about playing Hearthstone. In fact, some of the cards in Hearthstone are made from the memes that are from uh, World of Warcraft. There is a video out there called the Anoxia Wipe video, and it spawned the Raid Leader card, which uh, says specific things from that video. Uh, they say handle it and hit it very hard. The Leroy Jenkins card is actually a character from a very popular World of Warcraft video uh, where he screams Leroy Jenkins and runs in and gets his entire team killed. Blizzard takes that stuff and they put it into the game in such an awesome way. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Hearthstone, even though I don't really play anymore. 
I've spent a lot of time uh, losing in Hearthstone because I'm, I'm just not very good and <laughs> I don't pay enough attention. Uh, anyway, without any further ado, obviously you don't have to worry about any spoilers for this game. Uh, let's let's uh, get to, um, oh gosh, what did I end up putting in here? Oh yeah, it's not really an intro, but it's, it's some Hearthstone style stuff. I'm going to play that and then the interview right afterwards. Stick Your around. Host, the great Megas Medivh invites you back to Party Down. With me, come inside, meet your friends at the door, we've got a feast like you've never seen before, take your stuff to our musical beat, play life-size chess, but don't you dare cheat, most of all, throw your worries away, like literally like the dawning of Google when I was in high school, I Googled my name and there is a Justin Young who is a Hawaiian singer and at the time was like opening for NSYNC when like NSYNC was like a big deal. And so I was like, well, fuck, like I'm never going to be the most famous Justin Young. Uh, and then there's also the fact that Justin and Young is a very um, – it's a popular Korean name. It's a popular uh, name in the African-American community. So there's like a uh, there's just always going to be new Justin Young's being minted. And so I like around when I was like in middle school with like going by J.R. Young. So I was always like kind of cognizant of my middle name. And so I figured Justin Robert Young would be my kind of uh, professional title because it it sounds well. It sounds good together. It does. Did, did jury like? Did you? Was that a a choice, or did somebody say, "Oh, we can we can call you jury"? No, Brian. That was a Brushwood thing. Like in the very early days of BB Live Show, uh, he was like Justin Robert Young, jury. I'm sure everybody calls you jury, right? And I'm like, nope. And that was it. It was off to the races. They do now. Well, we didn't we didn't come here to talk about your nomenclature. We came to here to talk about Hearthstone, man. Hearthstone. It is yeah. it is a, a a very very popular game. Why did you choose Hearthstone out of all of the video games that you could have chosen to pick? Why did you pick that one? Well, because it's the only one that I really play now. Uh, I I kind of cut video games out of my life uh, in the same way that a heroin addict would cut <laughs> heroin out of his life, um, because I. I tend to be a little uh, uh, obsessive at times, uh -huh. uh, and, and video games specifically uh, is something that I I either want to dedicate a lot of time to, or I can't think about it. Like it's just the way my brain's wired, and so I really had not screwed around with even mobile gaming. And then I think it was Dills was the first person that I saw playing it on an iPad. And at the time, I was on the road a lot. And so there's just a lot of time when I'm just sitting on a plane, sitting on the runway, sitting in an airport, sitting at the hotel, 
where you just kind of want that little extra something to do. And, and Hearthstone was, was there for me. And, and to me, it is almost exclusively a mobile game. It is a mobile game that I can port onto my PC in rare, rare, rare instances. Okay. Well, but you said, so you say that you get very, very um, drawn into playing games. I don't know that Hearthstone is the best choice for you because that's that, that, that game where you can't ever get to the end. You can always just play one more match. Like, do you ever get so far down the rabbit hole where you're like, oh my God, I, I, you know, I've been playing for hours and I need to go outside or go do something or feed Dr. Bird or, or whatever. No, because again, it's a mobile game for me. So mm -hmm. I play it in the moments when I'm not doing other stuff. Like, and I can't do other stuff. It's either like check Twitter. Basically, like Hearthstone is like an extended uh, a version of what I would do in, in checking Twitter or Reddit or something off my phone. It's just like a thing to do that I enjoy that stimulates me. But uh, what you announced as a bug, indeed, good sir, is a feature to me. I, I don't <laughs> want to get to the end. It would depress me greatly if I beat Hearthstone. That, that makes sense. Do, do you like the PvE content that they've put out for it? Because I, I, I know it's generally a PvP game, but they do have stuff where you get to play against the computer and they have like these really weird decks and stuff. Do you like yeah. that stuff? I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's not my it's not my main thing. It's not my the the thing that I'm kind of there for. I'm I'm the main thing that I enjoy now, and I do go through phases of what I like the most. Uh, what I like now is get a deck, have no idea how to play it. I won't look up any guides on like how to play it, and then just through serial failure, try to figure out like that's the puzzle for me. It's like why do these pieces fit together? and enjoying the moments where I can put that uh, put that together. But I, that might be a bit of a unique use case for the game, but that's how that's that's why I love it. Do right you now. do you get a deck from somebody else or do you just design your own and then Oh hell see no. How it goes? I'm not I'm not that crazy. I'm not I'm not a lunatic. I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> Jesus. Uh no, no, I'll find them off like I'll go to whatever some of the Hearthstone deck sites are and I'll just see there are certain types of decks that I like. I tend to stay away from control decks uh, because, again, this is a mobile game, so I want to keep these these experiences under 30 minutes, which some control decks uh, tend... That's like how you win. is just literally exhausting the other player's options. Um, I, I, like, I favor more aggressive kind of decks because those are the times, the windows that I have to fill. So what... Um... What, what class do you say is the one that you like the most in that game? What do I have? Oh, sorry, the, the, my favorite deck of all time? Uh, maybe not the deck, but you know how they have like the priest and the paladin and the warrior oh, and yeah. stuff. So oh, which I love one mage. is you? Mage, mage, is my, mage is my move. I like mage. How come? I like big spells. I like doing wacky stuff. I like secrets. I like fireballs. I like that pyroblast, 10 damage over the top. Pa pow love yeah, it i always put that stuff into my deck and then i feel like by the time it becomes useful because of the way hearthstone uh d deals with its mana where it you know it starts with was it two and then it gets you know goes up one each time by the time i can get there at the end uh quite often i will have like that stupid pyroblast in my in my hand and i can't use it ever because it's so expensive do, do you know yeah. what i mean 
Oh yeah, of course. I mean, but that's that's the key is getting yourself to that position where you know you can uh, you can take advantage of it. Do you feel like you are pretty good, or are you like do you do you settle around angry chicken level, or do you end out like in the whatever like the the higher levels in the game? I don't um, even know what they're called because I'm I, so if bad. If I actually care. I can fairly reliably get to dad legend. I can get to that five, that rank five floor. Um, if I really, really cared, I feel like I could, like, if, if starting today, I was like, F it, I'm getting to legend. Like, I'm going to play on my desktop. I'm going to, like, ride these deck trackers. I'm going to really find a good meta deck and keep in, keep in the groove. I feel like I could. It's just a matter of... Uh, you know, putting in the time, which again, that's kind of not why I'm there. Right. I, I feel like they, their matchmaking in the game is pretty good. I tend to, I mean, I'm not good at the game at all, but I still tend to win half the matches that I'm in, which is exactly what you're going for when you're playing that. Do you feel like you settle around there or, or are you probably a little bit better than that because you play it often? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you get a sense of, there is an element of of uh, a mechanical play that kind of comes with doing it a lot. You know, you get a sense of like what are good. You know, you you can. I mean, really, the biggest advantage of playing a lot is understanding the opponent's behavior. If they're like, oh, why did they do that? Well, I'm going to take a wild guess because I've seen these decks a lot that the next turn that they're going to do, they have blank based on how they acted before. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really the biggest advantage. Kind of like poker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, and and I'm sure I, I never really got into magic, but I would assume magic, obviously, as well, since it's kind of a magic clone. It, yeah, well, definitely a magic clone. And now, I, my my next question was going to be: Does this stem from your love of tabletop games? Probably not. I mean, I know that you like tabletop games; you design tabletop games, but does it stem from that? But no, not really. Uh, I I I. Literally started playing it because my friends were doing a podcast about it because of the angry chicken. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was the reason why I started playing Hearthstone was because I like Joss and Dills and uh, Garrett. And so, uh, go ahead. But yeah, but that's that's why I started playing it. I mean, maybe that's an element of uh, that. That also stimulates a part of my brain, you know. Uh, but yeah. So I don't know you. You ever. So, okay, you started playing it because your friends were into it enough that they were talking about it on a podcast and it got you into it. How how often do you think that you, you hop in and play Hearthstone? Oh, four, five times a day. Really? Four or five matches a day? Oh, yeah. That's a lot. Do you spend a lot of money on the game? Probably more than I should. Yeah. I because yeah. I only ever spent because again I'm I'm I'll, like I'll, the I'll always I'll, I'll always buy the release pack like when they whatever the the twenty or fifty you know like packs right up top mm -hmm. I'll always buy that and sometimes if I don't get cards I like I, I might buy more. <laughs> <laughs> what okay um your you, your wife don't make me dig through my don't don't make me dig through my bank records well we don't need we don't need that stuff out there but uh, it's it's. <laughs> More than I should. It's more than I should. Yeah. Don't worry. Your wife I mean, is like never going to listen to this. If I had like a house or kids, I would probably spend less on it. I'll put it that way. 
that makes sense. Well, I mean, you you got birds. Birds are expensive sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, so you're you're playing uh, a a lot during the day, but it's not enough that it that you feel like it interferes. Uh, it now world Hearthstone is based on the lore of World of Warcraft. Do you ever yeah. feel that draw? towards checking that out because of obviously you have friends that love that game enough to have a podcast about it and more yeah more so the idea that i would be able to hang out with those friends is what mm -hmm. pulls me to if i ever think about trying to get into world of warcraft um other than that not really like i mean the lore is cool i like the lore uh, i like the cards i like knowing that there's more lore there uh but not really it's not really a gateway drug into into wow for me very cool. Um, so what, what's like your best experience uh, playing this game? Well, the most successful experience I've ever had playing the game was I was sick with the flu once. And I literally just sat in my bed and just grind, grinded on Hearthstone. And I was just like banging, banging, banging. Got up to like rank three, five stars or whatever. That's like the highest I've ever been. Uh, I then... I played it so much that uh, when I tried to go do a podcast, I uh, thought I had to throw up. I went to the bathroom, uh, then realized, well, maybe I have to use, I have to do a number two. Sorry to get graphic here, but I uh, uh, then fainted what? because I played Hearthstone too much and I dehydrated myself and I had to go to the hospital and they, uh, and they gave me a, <laughs> a, 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 you know, saline, you know, intravenous thing. And I immediately felt better. Now, whether or not that was Hearthstone related kind of can be up to your own interpretation. I just didn't drink any water or at least didn't drink enough water to hydrate myself. And that's why I fainted. But uh, coincidentally, I also did the best I've ever done in Hearthstone. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but you were already sick. Yes, I okay. was. Yeah. So it, that's it, why know. I was just not doing anything but playing Hearthstone. So you're going to sue Blizzard then, right? I mean, it's clearly I mean, I their think fault. I got enough problems right now. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really need that smoke. And also, I've met some of the developers, and they were like very, very nice. So I don't. I don't need. I, they. They. They don't need that juju on. That's true. That's true. Okay, you brought it up kind of tangentially. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk about Hearthstone right now without talking about yeah. how Blizzard handled the Blitzchung incident. Uh, it's not really a news show. But I am curious, how do you feel uh, they handled that? And and for those of you who don't know, um, Jury is probably one of the most level-headed people that I know who looks very who who works very hard to look at both sides of an argument, and that's why your his podcast Politics, Politics, Politics is really good. It's because he always tends to look at both sides, and he makes fun of stuff. So um, my question is, how do you feel they handled it? Uh, now I'm couching this in that I know literally because I've been streaming this morning. I did. I have not seen the keynote, but I know that in the keynote they apologized for how they handled, uh, how they handled the the incident. Well, so you know more knowing, than I do because I didn't know that they did that because I was at work all day. Yeah. So without knowing what they said, I will say that they handled it poorly, and here's why. Blizzard is a by its nature and has been had has succeeded greatly because they are a very secretive organization. 
they they kind of talk on a need to know basis, even about like mundane stuff. And I've seen it in action, like at BlizzCon, I've like seen and talked to and watched the demeanor of like the handlers that have to parade the developers around to make sure that they don't say things that they're not supposed to say. So when you have a situation like what happened with Blitzchung, where on one hand, you do have a legitimate point in a competitive product that they sell uh, the rights to that you want to make sure that they do not get the reputation of being political. And that goes beyond China, right? Mm -hmm. Will ESPN pay for Heroes of the Storm coverage if the reputation is that Blizzard presentations often allow people being, you know, to start screaming about pro-life causes, right? Like, Yeah, that makes sense. I get negative. what you're saying. On the other hand, uh, the decision was very fast and it was very punitive, and there's no denying that specifically with Hearthstone, the growth of the game is happening in China. So what would have gone a long way is just somebody official at Blizzard standing up and saying, hey, guys, we're catching up on this. All uh, uh, all decisions are under further review. We are going to do our due diligence on this, and we will be back in a minute. Uh, that would have went a long way because it would have at least demonstrated the idea that they are aware of the situation, that they uh, are aware that this is coming off in, a, in a, a way that they did not intend, which I think is clear considering they went back and reversed parts of the decision. Uh, and it would have at least put them in the driver's seat of the story instead of having the internet craft the narrative. And of course the internet being the conspiratorial place that it is, regardless of how much it is or is not true, makes it into Blizzard being a servile uh, a puppy dog of uh, Chairman G directly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, obviously, there is a financial benefit to Blizzard being in China. They have made decisions that have affected, uh, have been affected by Chinese censors in the past. Hearthstone has seen it as well. So that's there, but they lost control of the story and they lost control because they are secretive. So their strength became their weakness. And I think that is the larger element of, of the crisis thing. The meta element of it is how do we feel? And uh, this that Blizzard also had the uh, the the bad fortune of this happening while something else happened in the NBA that they can't control, while South Park made an episode about people kowtowing to China. It was uh, a perfect storm of awfulness all coming together to put Blizzard in like the worst position possible. Well, and, and even just beyond Blizzard, the meta conversation, which some, and I would include myself among them, that we should be asking is... How do we feel about American companies dealing with China? And how do we feel about them exporting? How do we feel about them collaborating? And how do we feel about them changing things for the Chinese market? 
And Blizzard has a, a a reputation as somebody who's done it in the past for World of Warcraft. You know, they you know they changed like the undead models to have you know, like you can't see the bones and stuff. There was a situation a few years ago where a friend of ours was working on a massive project, one that many of your listeners have probably seen, and on a friend's show made a comment about why a certain element of that project had to be changed because changed because of Chinese censors. And within two weeks, he had to apologize publicly for it. Oh, uh, wow. Like, that, I think, those are the incidents, at least for me, that, that made me think, well, you want to know what the line I think is gross? The line that I think is gross is when American companies preemptively censor things for the Chinese market. Like oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's where I I think, look, there's a million different artistic decisions that can go into making something really, really cool. Uh, and this project that wound up coming out was very successful, critically and financially. Uh, and nor was it necessarily materially affected by the changes that they did have to make for China. However, uh, that is something that I have always stuck with because, uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I know that it happens. And I, I think that if there is a room, there's room to criticize American companies for their involvement with China, that's it. Are you making our art less? Are you censoring our ability in the free speech country because you want to continue your relationship with China? That's the insidious element. And where I think Blizzard really screwed the pooch is when the American kids protested and then they were not pu punished initially. That then gave the Internet both of those dots and the line in between them to connect everything. Right. That it's this for China. If you screw with China here, that's fine. If you screw with, with China here, it's not. Uh, so then, therefore, you are demonstrating that China has you by the purse string. And that's why you ask Justin Robert Young questions like this, because he'll he, he takes this stuff and, and takes it to places that I hadn't thought like I hadn't thought about the preemptive um, censorship that you know, like they, they didn't try and release it there and and have China say, no, you can't bring it and then change it. It's when. They they say, all right, well, this will work here, but it's not going to work in China. So let's let's change it before it's even out. That's something I never considered before. So uh, did you know that there has not been a Brad Pitt movie uh, that's gotten wide release in China for like years? Why? Because he made a movie called Seven Years in Tibet. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Memory. In fact, the most recent movie that was going to air in China was... Uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, and that wound up getting pulled before it even ran. Huh. Uh, you remember back in the day they had the 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 free Tibet concert series or the the free Tibet uh, uh concerts that the Beastie Boys put together? No, I don't remember that. Gigantic concerts, massive Lollapalooza level. Back when Lollapalooza meant something, I wonder if they were to bring it back. How many mainstream artists with huge gigantic record deals would go perform at it. You think it would be very small because the, they want their money? 
I think it would be very small because that there's a lot of charities that you could spend your time doing that don't affect your bottom line as a record yeah. company. Yeah. So if you're going to give a blessing for your artist to go perform there, I mean, there's just a lot of little things, right? There, there, there's, there's little elements that, you know, and look, they, they are complex issues in China. And I also do believe that we should be exporting American goods there. I, I think that we should be exporting American entertainment. I do believe in, in, you know, the, the, the idea that the more there is cultural uh, trade between two countries, uh, the 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 least likely or at least the 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 ceasing of cultural trade can be a canary in the coal mine for like war and and the world could not bear china and the united states you know escalating tensions so i'm fine with doing it but in a country where free speech is a cornerstone ideal it does mean that there's a lot to think about Right. And I'm, I'm with you as far as, you know, exporting American goods and culture to other places. I think that that can in, in, in I, I know listeners, we're supposed to talk about Hearthstone, but this is really interesting. Um, exporting that stuff can have political ramifications down the road because that culture, like the the cornerstones of our culture can seep through the cracks in the wall, so to speak, and get the people to start seeing, hey, that free speech thing that they have over there, that's pretty kind, that, that's pretty cool. I like that. Maybe we should have that here. And if we don't export to those places, it takes, I feel like it might take longer before they see that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I mean, Look, I grew up in South Florida, which is right next to Cuba. Uh, we had a trade embargo there for, you know, up until very, very recently. And I've I've seen what I feel like a very multifaceted view of people that were very, very intense about keeping an embargo there because they wanted to put economic hardship upon a regime that dispossessed many families that I, you know, grew up with their kids and, and would, would visit them, like dispossessed them of their land and their money and forced them to flee to another country. And so they wanted economic hardship there. And yet there is the economic argument to say, no, the way that we actually change that society is one pair of blue jeans at a time. <laughs> it is every time that a new car comes in and all of a sudden they realize that they're, that the, the, people of cuba can see firsthand uh that there is a difference in automotive technology since 1955 right uh <laughs> did you watch the conan o'brien thing where he went to cuba and he was like look at all these cars and they were all like these super old cars yeah oh no that's reality right that was like, amazing oh they just they missed all those mid-90s tercels they just <laughs> never hit the island right that's why i wanted uh, tercel so, look, I, 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 I understand, I, or at least I care about cultural and economic trade with countries that we don't agree with. I do think that it is good. However, it doesn't mean that we uh, uh, shouldn't understand that there's a cost to it, uh, at least to the, you know, when, when specifically now, 
we are in a point where there's such tremendous explosive growth in China that it is very tempting for these companies and companies of all stripes, entertainment companies, sports companies, technology companies, you know, Google, you know, not too long ago was trying to develop a, a new version of Google that could be launched in China. And part of that was allowing a backdoor for the government to right. see everybody's search history. Now, is that something that fits into Google's do no evil, uh, you know, uh, uh, ethos? Probably not when it would be used as a tool to capture and possibly kill dissidents. Uh, uh, absolutely not. But man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash because there's a lot of people. Right. And there, I mean, there's obviously people who are like, they're so angry at Blizzard for uh, uh, banning Blitzchung and taking his money and banning the, the, those two um, shoutcasters who ducked down behind the screens that, yeah. that, that they're angry at, at Blizzard for doing that. that they're like, I'm never going to touch Blizzard stuff again. But, you know, I think a lot of those people don't realize that, you know, you know, Apple censors stuff. And l like you said, Google is censoring stuff and the NBA is censoring stuff. And you're not going to be able to buy anything if you boycott everybody who does this kind of thing. So what should but people do instead? That's I mean, that's up to them. And yeah. and I, I to me, it, you should if, if you are considering who you're going to boycott, then I'm fine with that because you're thinking about the issue. Think about the issue, see where you lie on it, and then go from there. Uh, 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 there to me, there's nothing wrong with that. That being said, uh, for me, I don't know. I didn't stop playing Hearthstone. Like, it was an ugly situation, but there was no fundamental element that I was not already aware of about how much Blizz how much China matters to Blizzard. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it was a bad decision, and they wound up reversing it. So when you look at it beyond the uh you know siri the, the the surreality of the internet bubble uh blizzard took a couple weeks to reverse a bad decision and, no one's gonna remember well i mean actually no i do think people will remember people will the those feelings of hatred whether or not they know where to assign them will be there mm -hmm. uh but for me you know, I, I wasn't necessarily surprised by the decision, and uh, I it wasn't enough for me to, you know, eat you lunch could, you, without playing Hearthstone. You still got to get your fix. I mean, if you don't buy a pack, you start to get itchy, right? Well, I mean, really, the thing is, is uh, uh, I mostly use it now for uh, like because I work alone, so I don't really have a lot of interaction. Like, I don't go to the cafeteria and, like, BS with my work friend. Like, my mm -hmm. work friends are Dr. Bird and Milo Bird and Cooper Bird. So it's like, <laughs> and, and they are only uh, so talkative. <laughs> so when I'm, like, making my lunch every day, you know, it just gives me something to do. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, do, are there, I mean, there's a lot of, I know that it Hearthstone itself is a magic clone. And then there's Hearthstone clones as well. Are there any other games that, uh, like other Hearthstone clone style games that have said, Justin, come try. It'll it'll be fun for you. And have you tried them? Or does Hearthstone do such a great job at keeping 
your attention that you're just like, I'm fine without you. Yeah, the second. The second. You just nothing. Yeah. Nothing is tempting Justin away from. No, from the, I already. I spent so much goddamn money on this game. <laughs> All my friends play this game. My friends still do a podcast for this game. Like this is what I like to do. How I do mean, you feel? and also all the other stuff right now, nothing has really given a rat's ass about mobile. Like okay. everything else has been very, very, very PC, high end, player based. Um, in in a way that uh, it's just not for me. Now you said you spent a bunch of money on it when you're when you're they they made a change and I haven't played in ages but they made a change a while ago where old cards aren't really used anymore how do you feel about that Oh yeah no well, well no they're they're of every card is available in wild right and then standard is limited to a 2 year cycle mm-hmm. so as things move out of the cycle, then uh, the new stuff moves in. I-, I was happy with that because, I mean, since I always buy stuff, uh didn't really affect me all that much, and uh, it made the meta a little bit more malleable as opposed to like, oh, well, these cards are always just going to be the best combo, so either you need to design new cards that can get over or around this combo, and that just leads to a power creep that I think makes the game less fun. Yeah, I feel like I experienced that uh, that power creep with a tabletop game uh, called Hero Clicks, which uh, it was like you had like these little figures, uh, like Spider Man and Iron Man and nonsense like that. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. A, buddy had, my, like, a couple of friends were really, really into Hero Clicks. Right, it was super fun, but over time the characters just kept getting more and more powerful, and the older characters were like useless in power compared to the super powerful characters that had just come out. And so you ended up having like a shoebox full of garbage. It, essentially, that's what it felt like. And that's kind of why we left it. So I guess that what you just said makes a lot of sense how they, but you can still play with those old ones in wild, which which that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Justin, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, we, we, we tried to talk about a video game and it, of course, Justin found a way to make it uh, a little more highbrow, uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying our motto, which is that the re- that the resolution doesn't matter. The resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at Pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at RunJumpStomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net.